Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. What's going down, y'all? This is your boy, Rashawn Myers, coming to you live from the Palatial Studios at 96.1 FM. That is the Big X. We are here live, getting you ready, counting you down. It is going down. Cardinals, Virginia Tech Hokies, sole possession of second place in the ACC is on the line. I tell you what, I can't even believe that we are here at this point right now with this Louisville football team. When I say the initial voyage of Jeff Brom could have been could not have been more than I imagine um, is to be saying the least, man. Uh, so, so super excited. Very, very excited that you are joining me this morning. Uh, we have so much to get into. Uh, we got a, a, a new intern poking around the studio today. So, you know, showing him the ropes. Y'all know that I do everything. I'm the one-man band. I'm the host. I'm the producer. I run the commercials. I go get the popcorn, mop the floors, clean the bathrooms. I do everything. So <laughs> uh, very excited for that. Uh, his name is, is Roman. I don't know. We, we, we might have to give him a, a nickname at some point. But intern Roman is what we're going to go with for right now. That's going to be the at least the, the, the jump off point. Of course, Haven Harrington uh, ho says he will be along at some point. He is out on the road. You know, he, he likes to go call via satellite. So there's no telling where and when Haven is going to be. He's like Carmen San Diego. He just runs around the whole country. So we'll find out when he gets in there. But, of course, this is going to be a big-time show with a lot of things to talk about besides UofL football, UofL basketball, uh, Kenny Payne era um, for the second year in a row has gotten off to a bit of a rocky start um so you know we're gonna definitely get into that uh this is gonna be a uh caller heavy show uh, it's gonna be your input you know i'm gonna go wherever you guys want to go of course the best way to get involved uh would be the thornton's text line that would be 502-414-1450 make sure you go and visit any of the 62,843 local thornton's locations for all the best in goodies gas grub and everything in between uh so we, we will definitely be taking your text and if you want to give me a call of course you can give us a call as well on the wake up 502 buzz line that is 502-384-1450 as well um so would love to hear from you like i said this is going to be a a, a call 
color heavy show just because, hey, you know, Haven is out running around. Joe Kelly is out running around. If y'all want to listen to me run my mouth uh, for, you know, however long, uh, you know, I can definitely do that. I'm probably going to have uh, intern Roman get on the mic so he can introduce himself to you all as well. Um, so we will have that as we go along today. But um, I, I tell you what, man, I am very, very excited um, for today's game. Uh, you know, when I, I think back on the conversations that we had, and this goes all the way back to um, last year, uh, you know, Scott Satterfield's last year here at the University of Louisville, and, and myself, Haven Harrington, and uh, Joe Kelly, we continued to talk about the potential for this season, you know, this 2023 football season. And, and you know, we talked about the potential because we talked about the schedule. We talked about it, uh, the fact that it was a very favorable schedule. There was going to be an opportunity for a big season. Uh, we saw it coming. And then, of course, Cincinnati does the wonderful favor of getting, ready, getting rid of uh, Scott Satterfield, deciding that he was the man to lead the Bearcats into the future and into the Big 12 and took him off Louisville's hands. That, of course, paved the way for Jeff Brom to make his way uh, to the University of Louisville and back home, back to, you know, where the heart is. Um, and, of course, that got things going. Everything's been exciting since then. Jeff Brom has gotten the Cardinals off to an amazing 7-1 start. Um, you know, so, so now we're just talking about, um, you know, just finishing this thing off right. Well, six six. Six and one start, all right? Six and one, seven and one. You get the point. Bottom line is this. The University of Louisville is now sitting, thanks to North Carolina being ridiculous and the rest of these teams just deciding, deciding to take a couple of games off, that Louisville and Virginia Tech, even though Virginia Tech, I don't really know how this happened considering they started, I believe, one and three to start the year. Virginia Tech now sits in a position where Louisville and Virginia Tech are both sitting in sole position of second place in the conference, both teams with only one conference loss, which is absolutely amazing uh, to say that, you know, Louisville I knew would have an opportunity to get here. Um, you know, we talked about the, the layers of the schedule, the first segment of the schedule. You know, we thought Louisville was going to have a very good chance to start that segment 4-0. That second segment in the middle with Notre Dame, with Duke, with Pittsburgh and at NC State, we knew that was going to be maybe the toughest segment. They ended up going, uh, you know, the one uh, three and one in that segment, which is how we get to this seven and one situation right now, uh, where now we're going into this last segment of the season. These final four games: Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, and Kentucky, with an opportunity to do something very, very special. Um, and, and this is where we sit right now. We saw the potential for this coming into the season, and Jeff Brom has done nothing but pay off those expectations. I mean, you when, when you know when you chalk up and talk about expectations for his first year. I heard so many people, so many prognosticators, so many media types that basically everybody went with the safe. You know, well, we know it's an easy schedule, but it's the first year under Jeff Brom, so I expect. Eight and four. Everybody wanted to go eight and four, eight and four, eight and four. That's one thing that I love about being here on Wake Up 502. That's the thing I love about Haven Harrington, myself, Joe Kelly, is that we don't go with the safe, you know, I don't want to go out on a limb because I don't want to be wrong type of journalism. That's never been the way we've been. We go out and we give our honest opinions. And my stance from well before the season started, my stance from when Jeff Brown took the job is, you know what, fair or not, first year or not, 10 games is a legit possibility with this schedule. You know, you looked at 
the home game versus Notre Dame said, well, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a top 20 team, but Louisville gets them at home. Kentucky has kicked Louisville's butt over the, uh, you know, the last several years, but Louisville gets them at home. You saw that Louisville had a very manageable road schedule. You know, there was no bones about the fact that there was going to be an opportunity for a very special season. You know, and, and with that being the case, it was all about what are you going to do to take advantage of that situation and make the most out of it. And, and I think that Louisville has done a great job of that. Of course, you hate the fact that they go out, they give the game away on the road at Pittsburgh versus a Pittsburgh team that's not very good. But this is the thing we talk about, conference road games. Conference road games are never easy. Conference road games are something that you can never take for granted. I always go back to Rick Pitino's adage of, you know, for every win I get at home, every win I get on the road, I, I count that as two victories because it's so much harder and so much more difficult to win on the road, regardless of who you're playing, because you're playing conference foes, you're playing teams that are familiar with you, teams that are very comfortable with what you do. So it's never easy to win on the road because everybody's got players. Everybody has uh, talent, and then dependent upon the situation going into the games can set up for weird things to happen. Of course, in that Pittsburgh game, Louisville was coming off the high of just knocking off Notre Dame. They had played six straight games to that point to get into that, uh, that situation heading to Pittsburgh, whereas Pittsburgh, who had a very difficult start to the season, all, just came off a of bye week. So Pittsburgh had two weeks to get ready for that game. They had two weeks to be able to prepare a new quarterback to get in there uh, with Veyer taking over um, for uh, you know the, the uh, quarterback that came over the transfer. Didn't do well. Um, Veyer got, you know, got the opportunity. He came in. He took advantage of it. It was a monsoon. The Cardinals had guys hurt. Renato Brown goes down um, with an injury uh, out of nowhere in pre, you know, pregame warm-ups. You know, you have Jawar Jordan uh, having a hamstring issue. Everybody heard about, you know, the wrist problems with Jamari Thrash. So there was just a lot of weird stuff. That's football, man. Like, there's always going to be pratfalls and things that you don't see coming. And when that does happen, uh, you know, it does give way to having a lot of weird stuff happen. And, you know, Louisville got caught. And all you can do at that point is give it up to Pittsburgh. Like, people that, you know, got all upset and, you know, angry and said that all oh, the season's ruined and this, that, and the third. Man, y'all don't know football. Like, I've watched so many good teams over the years. I don't care if you're talking about, you know, an Alabama team that looks like world beaters that goes into a very average Auburn team and Auburn knocks off Alabama when Alabama's trying to run to a national championship. I don't care if you're talking about Pat White and Steve Slayton being undefeated, going into the last game of the regular season, has a chance to go to a, a, a you know, a national championship game and loses to a 6-6 six and six Pittsburgh team. Um, you know, I mean, this is the way football works. It's always been that way. Like, that just, that's just one of those things. It's just very, um, you know, common. So, you know, w w when you look at that, you know, the situation as a whole, you've got to be ecstatic and elated for the fact that Louisville, for the first time since joining the ACC, has a legitimate chance to make it to that ACC championship game. They control their own destiny with four games to play. Um, I don't think you could have asked for more in Jeff Brom's first season. So, you know, now it's just a question of how does this thing end? How does the story end? How does this last four games go? And we are into that final segment. Louisville with only one loss through the first uh, two segments of the season. Uh, you could not 
write a better script, especially when you consider you have two top 20 wins, knocking off a number 10 Notre Dame, knocking off a number 20 uh, Duke Blue Devil team. Um, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. It's awesome. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's where we're at now. Um, you know, and, and this is the next step in that. If you take care of business today, if you find a way to knock off the Hokies and beat that team, Louisville will be sitting in sole possession of second place with three games to play. Uh, and depending upon what happens in some of, some of these other games, they, their magic number may reduce. Right now their magic number, I believe, is sitting at three. Um, so basically the only way that they can guarantee they would get there would be to knock off Virginia, Virginia Tech, as well as Miami to get there. But uh, that magic number could reduce to two just depending on what happens in some of these other games, uh, you know, with the Miami Hurricanes, North Carolina Tar Heels, other teams that are sitting at two losses um, that still have the opportunity to hop ahead of Louisville just depending upon how the tiebreakers go. If Louisville was to lose a game, say, on the road at Miami. Um, But right now, they control their own destiny. You win and you're in. Um, You know, and and like I said, that's just – a very, very good place to be. Of course, there's a lot of concerns and a lot of questions. I've heard so many people just so nervous about the team and, oh, my goodness, I hope we don't lose. And, oh, my goodness, I, you know, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. Honestly, y'all, I'm going I'm to keep it real with you. Like, I have been very um, relaxed this week. You know, I've heard so many people just so nervous about the game and, Oh, you know, this is a Virginia Tech team that, you know, they're playing better football and they're they're going out there, they're taking care of business and you know that they've they've come in here on a roll. Well, first of all, let's let's at least acknowledge if we can that Virginia Tech's schedule has not been the greatest. I mean that yes, that they've won three games in a row, but you're talking about Syracuse, you're talking about Pittsburgh, uh, you know, you're talking about Virginia Tech getting it done versus uh, some of the lesser teams. Uh, in the league, you're talking about Pitt, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. Those are their three of their last four wins, and then they got Molly Watt by Florida State on the road uh, in Tallahassee uh, during that three-game win streak. So it's not like Virginia Tech is beating the best of the best. Yes, now I know they did knock off Pittsburgh, and everybody says, well, Rashawn, Louisville lost to Pittsburgh. Okay, once again, we talk about situation scenarios, how things happen coming into that game. Yes, Louisville lost on the road at Pittsburgh. I think one thing has to be told and understand. This Virginia Tech team has not won a game on the road this year. At Florida State, got blown out 39-17. At Marshall, they lost to Marshall. Enough said. At Rutgers, horrible. Probably the worst team in the Big Ten. Lost to Rutgers, 35-16. This is a Virginia Tech team that has not played well on the road so far. Okay? This is a Virginia Tech team that's looked like a much better team at home. Um, You know, Louisville has had some of those same types of situations where they play a lot better uh, at home than they do on the road. Of course, Louisville has at least figured out ways to win on the road. I think that's the difference between, uh, you know, a team that has an opportunity to play for a championship and a team that's still just trying to figure out exactly who they are. So I, I think that the biggest key to this game is going to be get on them early. Uh, we talked about it against Duke. 
you know, we talked about it against Notre Dame. These are teams that want to control the ball. These are teams that want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. They want to shorten the game. You know, they, they want to run down the play clock and just make this game as short as possible. Okay, they want to sit behind their running game. They want to lean on their defense, and they want to make Louisville have to work for it. They want to give Louisville as, uh, you know, few possessions as possible. Okay, so anytime you're playing a team like that, just like Notre Dame was, just like Duke was, it's going to be all about Louisville getting off to that quick start, jumping on them early, and then putting the Hokies into a position where we know they have to pass the ball. Okay, Virginia Tech has a very um, rough and tumble, almost running back-sized quarterback um, there that's, uh, you know, going to look, I believe his name, name is Drones, uh, is the quarterback's name. He's going to look to be very physical, running the football, uh, you know, kind of being that dual threat. Uh, you know, we're going to see some read option. We're going to see some play action passes. So what you want to do is figure out a way, hey, let's go ahead. You know, I, I'm guessing that Louisville, as they've done all year, if they win the toss, they're going to elect to defer to the second half, which means Virginia Tech will get the ball first. And then you have to go out there, get that quick three and out, so that way you can get the ball, get a score, and it's on. Um, you know, that's been the formula that's worked for Louisville. It's funny, you know, during this last four or five-game stretch, even in the Pittsburgh game, Louisville basically started that um, cadence perfectly in each and every game. It happened against Duke last week, got the quick stop, you know, forced the punt, Scored, you know, the, the first couple of times Duke was on their heels the whole game. Same thing happened versus Notre Dame. Same thing actually happened versus Pittsburgh. Louisville got the stop versus Pitt to start the game, you know, scored the touchdown, ended up being, you know, up 21-14 at the half, getting the ball to start the second half. Everything worked out perfectly, but, of course, we know they got to fourth and one. They ended up going for it, giving the ball to Pittsburgh in, uh, you know, their own territory in field goal range. And, you know, we know how that story ended. But Louisville has played this script out very, very well over the last several weeks. So, you know, you have an opportunity to continue that, you know, moving forward. But the, the, the biggest thing and the biggest key to this is once again getting off to that good start. They have outscored teams, I believe, 68-7. to seven. Uh, you know, in first quarters this year, something unbelievable. Um, so, you know, they've been a quick starting team. Jeff Brom has had, had a uh, great job of putting that play script together to get the team off to quick starts. Um, so the hope is Jack Plummer can continue to play well at home. You know, he's been a little bit shaky on the road, but when he's come home, he's been solid. Uh, you know, and that's all you can ask. Just be solid, lean behind that running game. Uh, there are questions about who's going to be available, um, you know, for Louisville. That Louisville offense is banged up. You know, Brian Hudson, uh, you know, we've heard has been dealing with some issues. He's basically toughed it out and, and dealt with those things throughout the season. Um, so, you know, there's questions on his health. There's, of course, still dealing with the loss of, you know, of uh, Renato Brown. Uh, him going down with the season-ending injury. Uh, but, you know, Austin Collins and other guys have done a great job of kind of shoring that up uh, at that left guard position. Uh, of course, we're still dealing with the injury issues with Jawar Jordan. Now, of course, Jawar Jordan was injured last week, and he ran for 160 yards. So <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I would venture to say that like 70% of Jawar Jordan is just about better, uh, you know, than most people's 100%. Um, so I'm not going to look too much into that. I think that there's going to be an opportunity uh, for Jordan to go out there and look 
to make another big game happen. Like, I, I, I know he's hurt. I know he's dealing with the hamstring. I know that's not something that's completely healed. Um, but I, I just personally feel like, yeah, he's going to be all right. I, I just I, – I believe it in my heart of hearts. And if not, you know what, Isaac Garendo, Maurice Turner, um, even Kewan Brown, uh, the freshman uh, that showed up earlier in the year versus Murray State, all those guys can run the football. And with the way the offensive line is played, eh, I, I think they will be fine. Now, of course, there's also a question with Jamari Thrash. How healthy is he going to be? So, I mean, there are questions out there. But you know what? It's football. Everybody's banged up. You think Virginia Tech's got a bunch of uh, spring chickens out there? No, I'm sure the Virginia Tech's dealing with all types of injury issues are the same. Everybody's nicked up. You know, football's a very physical game. It's going to happen. So I don't want to hear excuses. To me, you know, Louisville losing this game, if they were happen to lose this game, it's not going to be about injuries. It's going to be about who made the plays and who was able to take care of the football um, you know, and impose their will on the other. That's what it's going to come down to. And if you're a Louisville fan, you've got to be excited about where this team is um, at this point in the, in the season, especially with how you have played at home and especially the troubles that Virginia Tech has played going on the road. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would not – like, this is something I've not really been um, worried about it. You know, I, I, I've not been uh, too – uh, I've not been too worried. I, I will just say that. It's not been something that has caused me too much grief. It's not caused me too much, uh, you know, I'm not staying up at night worried about it. Um, I'm not doing any of those things. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to go ahead. Uh, you know, we're going to look to to get off to this quick start. Of course, as we go through the day, uh, we will have, of course, Leanne Herring calling in with her picks a little bit later on. Uh, so I cannot wait uh, to chat with Leanne about her thoughts about this game and many other things. I believe that Louisville's going to have several more uh, big-time recruits. Um, there is a former LSU commitment uh, that will be on here. Uh, Mr. Stone, I'm talking about you. I, I'm sure you're probably driving around the city listening because uh, you are probably a fan of Wake Up 502, like so many here uh, in the city of Louisville. But, uh, you know, we have him coming to visit. We have several mo more, uh, you know, big-time players and big-time athletes that are going to be here. So I'm very excited just to see how this whole thing goes down today, uh, you know. But we have so much to get into. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take our first break of the day. Um, of course, when we come back, uh, we will continue to chat about this game. Uh, we're going to get your thoughts and text on there as well. And then, of course, if you have uh, any thoughts on anything else, you know, we have this goofy uh, in-season tournament. I still don't really know what that's about, but <laughs> for some reason, the NBA wants to do this in-season tournament. So, hey. You like it. I don't necessarily love it. I don't really understand it. But, hey, well, we can even talk about that. This is Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, and we'll be right back. Thank <laughs> you. 
And welcome back in. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. We are back here, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Rashawn Myers taking care of you this morning. Uh, here we uh, have a little bit of thunder going on, a little ACDC. Uh, you know, just trying to get the vibes right. It's a football Saturday. Louisville's got a lot on the line. I know that, uh, you know, all the fellas down there at, at the uh, stadium, they're out there getting loose. They're getting all the stretching and the tape done, uh, getting ready. I, you know, I, I wish that they were playing at noon, even though I hate noon kicks because it makes my day kind of hectic and crazy getting out of here. But I'm just so ready to get here. 3.30 kick, ACC Network, that'll be coming to you. Um, so definitely uh, ready to get those things going. Um, and just super, super excited for the day. There's just so much opportunity out here. Um, Louisville has uh, the opportunity to have so many firsts um, this year, and, and I, I really feel like we've gotten past the most difficult parts of it. I know that you're never supposed to um, count your chickens before they're hatched, and you know, you're not supposed to, to take – um, take for granted anything that's going to happen. But, hey, you know, I, I just – I think we are are in a good spot. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go to the uh, Thornton's text line. We got text coming. Of course, if you want to be involved, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, would love to hear from you as well. If we can get it going, I ain't gonna lie to you. There's a little, a few little technical snafus going on, so I have no idea if these calls are actually gonna work or not. But y'all know I like to keep it real with y'all. So if something weird happens, just uh, blame Dugan Ryan, the owner, uh, you know, other station general manager. It's all, it's all Dugan's fault. I'm just playing, Dugan. I love you. I appreciate everything you do for me. <laughs> but uh, the texter says, good morning, Wake Up 502 main event. This is not KP's culture. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he says, first of all, uh, I think today is going to be a grinded out game. Um, I think there's the potential for that. I, I feel like there's been the potential for a grind over the last several. Um, Louisville's found a way to, I don't want to necessarily say make it easier than it had to be, but I do think that Louisville's been pretty dominant in their home appearances, in games that you thought, okay, this is going to be a grinder versus Duke that we're going to have to you know, maybe just – uh, figure out a way to run the clock out in a final possession at the end of the game. Uh, we thought that going into the Notre Dame game as well. And, you know, what ended up happening was Louisville basically handling teams that have that same profile as what Virginia Tech has, except Virginia Tech is just not as good as a Notre Dame or a Duke. It's like, you know, Notre Dame is probably, you know, the highest level opponent playing that style. Duke was probably about a you know, slightly better than mid-level opponent playing that style. And Virginia Tech is several rungs below, still playing that same style. So to me, teams that have had this type style of, you know, game plan and this type style of team, Louisville's done really well against. And I think that we're going to see that pretty much down the stretch. I think that Virginia is going to be another team in that same ilk that's going to want to try to, you know, run the ball. They're going to try to possess the ball. They're trying to they're going to try to play a defensive game plan. And guess what? UK is going to try to do the same thing. So I think Louisville, it probably it bodes most well for Louisville. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm very excited about where they're at is because we've seen this show before and we figured out basically how to do this thing over and over and over again versus these types of teams, uh, you know, with the only exception being Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh, with Veyer and their quarterback, threw the ball a lot more than what was expected. Um, you know, and they were able to hit several plays over the top. Jeff Brom talked about it uh, in the postgame that, you know, 
that they hit more uh, plays over the top, especially considering it was a freaking monsoon out there than what was expected and more than they had given up all year. So, you know, when teams have come in with this, we're going to run the ball, we're going to possess the ball, we're going to run down the clock. That really hasn't worked. Louisville's one of the best rush defenses in the country. I don't think that um, that specifically has been talked about enough. Of course, we talk about the pass rush. We talk about Ashton Gelati, the fact that, you know, that Louisville pass rush has been just outstanding all year long. But one of the things that's not been given enough credence to is just how good that run defense has been. Louisville's got one of the top 40 run defenses in the country. Uh, They're only giving up about 89 yards on the ground uh, per game, uh, which is, you know, one of the best out there. Uh, So, you know, when you're talking up giving up less than 90 yards per game on the ground, and it's not like you've been playing a bunch of teams that don't like to run the ball. You're pretty much playing teams that only want to run the ball, and you're still not giving up more than 90 yards a game. That's got to be a credit um, you know, to all those guys. That front seven has been doing work. Um, just the fact that Jermaine Lole is now back and getting healthier, um, you know, uh, Frank Clark, uh, you know, those guys up front. There's just been so many guys that have chipped in, and it's been everybody um, that, that's chipped into it, Gelati included, um, that have just uh, completely shut down what these teams want to do. We've basically taken every team's primary weapon and rendered it useless. And when you can do that and make guys go to their second or their third options and game plans offensively, that's going to set you up uh, in a position to be able to win a lot of football games, and that's exactly what we've seen. Um, Texter also says, um, this is day five, and I haven't heard anything from the KP Mafia. <laughs> you know, Louisville lost a exhibition game versus a Division II team for the second year in a row. Um, that happened on Monday when they lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. I feel like quote unquote, the KP mafia, a lot of those, the, a lot of the people that were mafia members have, uh, rescinded their applications and decided they are just going to go ahead and remove themselves from the conversation and the situation. Um, I just personally feel like, um, there's a lot going on with the basketball program right now, and most people that support them are just going to basically be quiet and just wait and see what happens. Uh, there were, there have been a lot of chessiness during the offseason and a lot of talk and conversation, basically buying into the conversation that it was all about the players. It was all about the uh, personnel. It was about Louisville didn't have the talent. It was like, oh, these guys are just hurt and sad and depressed. And nobody wants to, you know, they just have so much going on that it was just the stress and sadness of the Chris Mack final year that that's why these guys weren't playing. So everybody wanted to play up the fact that, you know, I I don't know, everybody on the team had PTSD and everybody on the team just had all these emotional issues. And that's why they only won four games. Um, Well, I mean, through two exhibition games, A lot of what we saw last year is what we've seen through the first two exhibition games, and I think the realization is coming that, you know, maybe it wasn't just about players having issues. Maybe this goes a little bit deeper than that. So I think at this point, after you lose to Kentucky Wesleyan, I talk about the fact that Louisville had not lost to a Division II team since the mid-60s. I think it was like 1963 or 1964 the last time they lost to a Division II team. And now Louisville has lost to two Division II teams in two years. Um, that's unbelievable that that's happening. And that's un- that's un- inexcusable. It's something that, 
should not happen. Um, and, you know, it, it's something that I think that somebody's going to have to answer for uh, at the end of the day. Um, if things don't turn around and we don't see something much better when uh, L plays UMBC on Monday night, 7 p.m., mark your calendars. Um, if something doesn't change, people, uh, hey, I, I can't help you. I, I've been one of those that I've said, you know, a lot of people have called me the biggest hater and uh, the, the, the biggest hater of Kenny Payne and, and the most hated media guy. They've called me so many names at these tailgates over these first few games, um, you know, that I've always just been honest. I don't hate Kenny Payne. I don't want to see him not do well. You know, I want to support a black coach just as much as any other, uh, you know, African-American male out there that wants to see a guy do good that looks like me. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to do the job because when you come out there and you don't do the job, that makes everybody look bad. I don't want to get into a situation to where, you know, Kenny Payne, as an African-American coach, gets the opportunity and screws it up so bad to where, that you know what, maybe we don't need to go back down that road again. Uh, and that's the thing I worry about because I don't, like I've said, I you know, Black, white, green, yellow, purple, green, blue. I don't care what color you are. You got to be able to do your job first. Now, would it be great if you can have a, a, a man of color in that position and do well? Absolutely. But you got to be able to do the job. So if you can't do the job, you know, that's that's first and foremost. And, and unfortunately, Kenny Payne's not doing the job and, uh, you know, not doing it in spectacular fashion. I mean, this has just been ridiculous. Now, I'm not going to cast any aspersions. Everybody always says, well, Rashawn, that's just not fair. This exhibition game, the exhibition game doesn't count. And while it's true, yes, the exhibition game doesn't count versus your win-loss record, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It's basically a harbinger <clears throat> of things to come, and that's what we talked about last year with the loss to Lenore Ryan. Everybody wanted to dismiss that game and say, well, that's why you have exhibition games. No, exhibition games are to go out there Bring your team out there, show off how good they are, show off the new freshmen, you know, go out and win those games by a billion points and then get regular for the re ready for the regular season. Okay, that's what those games are for. That's not what happened. Um, so, you know, I just – I can't get on with that. Um, I hope that things will look better on Monday night, but I am not uh, – I'm not hopeful to just see that this team's going to turn around because, I mean, honestly, if you can lose to Kentucky Wesleyan, a Division II team that was picked eighth in their division, uh, you know, in their conference at Division II, you can literally lose to any team on the schedule the rest of the way, okay? Because guess what? We're playing Division I teams the rest of the year. By nature, Division II teams are not as good as Division I teams. That's pretty much the way that goes. <laughs> so I, I have no idea. All I know is that if I was a betting man, I'm not one that goes out there and does too much, you know, or any of the, the sports betting. You know, I am definitely picking against Louisville and taking that money as much as I could early in the season until Vegas figures out <laughs> what's going on with the Cardinals. Took them a little while last year. So all I'm saying, if you want to make a little money, you know, UMBC – uh, I believe they're getting 10 and a half points. Yeah, I'm definitely liking UMBC and them 10 points right now. Uh, Texter says, so what's the rumor about KP throwing hands with uh, Tyler Johnson? KB turns around to do a private radio show so we can't see his uh, whelps on his face. <laughs> First of all, it was not Tyler Johnson that was the rumor. First of all, all this is rumor, so I have no, no idea if any of this stuff actually happened. Um, it was uh, Karan Davis was the, the conversation or the rumor 
that Kenny Payne had got into it with Karan Davis at a practice and that, the, you know, they had to be separated and security was called. We have no idea if any of that stuff was true. It is true that Karan Davis did not play in the game on Monday versus Kentucky Wesleyan. Uh, who knows if that was some double secret uh, probation that we just didn't hear about. I haven't heard any of that stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that that's a little, um, you know, sensationalist journalism, uh, you know, from people that just want to put stuff out on Twitter. But I do know this, is that anytime things aren't going well, we saw it in the last year under Chris Mack. Once things started not going well, you had everything that happened with Dino, Dino Gaudio in the summertime. You had Chris Mack pretty much just sit on the sidelines hire Ross McMains and allow him and Mike Pegues to pretty much run the team and while Chris Mack just kind of sat on the side and didn't do anything. Um, you started hearing all these conversations about fights between players. You heard about guys getting thrown out of practice. You heard about all this stuff going on. And this is the symptoms of what happens with a dysfunctional basketball team and a dysfunctional program is that you start to hear all these negative stories come out. The problem is Louisville hasn't even played an official game yet, and you're already getting these types of stories to come out. And if things don't go well, I fully expect for these things to keep happening because the one thing that happens when things aren't going well is people run their mouth. <laughs> that is one thing I've learned. So it's definitely not a good look for the university and the program, and it's not a good look for anybody involved because – you know, you've got to find a way to circle the wagons and get back on the same page if you're Kenny Payne. It's just it's not off to a great start. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the rumors are true about Karan Davis and all that stuff. All I know is that these are the symptoms of what happens when it's kind of a dead man walking situation. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see. Louisville can completely erase it. If they can go out there against UMBC, against Chattanooga uh, on for this coming Friday and take care of those teams, blow those teams out, then we're good, you know. Then we're in a good spot, and we're you know we're in a good position. But they've got to figure out a way to make that happen. Um, that's not on me. That's on them. That's on Coach Payne. That's on Coach Danny Manning. That's on Coach Nolan Smith. Okay, to get that done. I would say Josh Jamison, but I don't really know what he does. I'm just playing. Uh, that, that was mean. It's a, it's for all the coaches. Milt Wagner, who's now on the court coach as well. All those guys. They got you know the five. Six guys that can be out there instructing these dudes. It's going to take everybody to get this thing turned around. So, uh, you know, we'll just see. We'll have to see what happens. Um, Tech says, um, I'm going to have to go against Louisville basketball on my parlay against UMBC. Oh, hey, I tell you what, man, if you're taking the, the spread, yeah, and you're going to put that in your parlay, yeah, that's an absolutely way to, you know, to get a nice little parlay. You know what I'm saying? You can make a little money off that. That's why I said, man, you better – anybody who goes out there and gambles like, I don't even have any of the apps – I have not downloaded DraftKings. I have not done uh, FanDuel or, or whatever, MGM. I have not downloaded any of those apps. The reason why is because I love sports too much, and I feel like once I download that app, y'all, I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole. Uh, and I'm just not <laughs> trying to dedicate all that time and effort into that because I know I pay attention to sports too much, so I have not done it. But, yes, if you are uh, an, an avid sports better. That UM, uh, UMBC game is definitely part of any game. If you want to do like a Monday night football slash Louisville parlay to try to win you a little money, uh, you know, that's definitely the way to go. I would not blame you. Um, Texter says, let's see, he says, we know Haven is out canvassing with Andy Bashir and Jack Harlow. Please vote for democracy. Uh, all skin folks are no kin folks. <laughs> 
Well, Haven, of course, is, is definitely active in the political realm. Uh, he is not out doing that today, but I'm sure, you know, he's definitely uh, been very active in everything that's going on. Y'all know that that, that man does everything. Main event on politics is, is a yeah, one of his favorite segments as a part of it. So we definitely don't shy away from that. So, you know, Uncle Andy's out there with, with Jack Harlow. Uh, doing that thing, I I felt like that was a good move for him. Uh, it sounds like he's in a very close race with Daniel Cameron. So, you know, depending on, on who you're pulling for, you need to make sure you get out there because at last check, they were basically in a dead heat, uh, you know, for, for that uh, position as governor. So, uh, you know, get out there, exercise your right to vote is very, very important, regardless of who you're voting for. You know, that's the biggest thing is that you utilize that right um, to get out there and do that. So, uh, definitely be a big part of it. Uh, thank for thank you for the text. Um, you know, if you want to get get in next, of course you can as well. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. That is the Thornton's text line. We'll be taking your text as well. We can try the uh, Waco five zero two buzz line. I don't know if it's gonna work today, y'all. I'm just letting you know. Um, I'm hoping that it will, considering that Leanne Herring is supposed to be calling in in the second hour. Um, but that that number is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. If you all want to give a call in and have me test it out with you on the phone. <laughs> Be my guest. I would love to see it. Um, but I tell you what, man, we have so many things happening. Uh, you know, we, we got into just kind of the initial big picture stuff around Virginia Tech. Um, I definitely want to get into some of the breakdown of some of the most important parts um, of the game, uh, what we're going to see out there today. Um, I know there's been so much conversation about Jack Plummer um, as the quarterback, as the man leading the show for the Cardinals, um, has been very mercurial this year. He's been up. He's been down. He's been sideways. He's looked great uh, a couple of times. He's looked, you know, got awful a couple of times as well. Um, I really feel like this is another game where I think that Jeff Brom learned his lesson. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just something that he saw in the game plan versus Pittsburgh that he kind of got in this pass-happy phase. I don't know if it was the fact that Louisville was unable to run the ball and get that first down to start the second half that he completely lost faith in the running game. But for whatever reason, Jeff Brom kind of got out of outside of what had been winning for Louisville all year and got into this situation where he wanted to go out there and throw the ball, I believe, 52 times versus Pittsburgh, um, he learned his lesson this past week. Uh, you know, we saw Louisville with a heavy, heavy dose uh, of the run game. We saw them go out there uh, and just basically pound the ball down, you know, uh, 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 down Duke's throat and just kind of take their heart away. And I think that they're going to continue to do that. And honestly, uh, while Jawar Jordan is an amazing player, uh, and an amazing running back. I really and truly feel like Louisville could have done that even if you were giving all those carries to Maurice Turner and Isaac Garendo. Now, are Isaac Garendo and Maurice Turner as good as Jawar Jordan? No. I mean, you know, Jordan's averaging, you know, almost eight yards a carry, eight, eight and a half yards a carry, and just is a literal home run threat every time he touches the ball. Is, you know, are either one of those two guys that yet? No, not necessarily, but I think these guys are definitely good enough to move the chains if you continue to give them the ball. I just think that it was one of those things where Jeff Brom kind of got out of himself a little bit uh, in that game, and it led to some of those issues, but I think he learned his lesson, and regardless of whether Jordan can go or not, I think you're going to continue to see Louisville lean on that running game. And they're going to continue to just pound that. What we saw from Jack Plummer against Duke, 11 of 16, 117 yards, 
pretty much all safe throws, comebacks, curl routes, um, you know, short outs, things like that where you're not putting the ball in danger. I believe Jack only threw the ball down the field twice, you know, uh, over, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. You know, I, I believe it was once or twice um, that, that he threw the ball. But it was a very conservative game plan. But I think that that's the, the beauty of what Louisville has in their personnel right now is that they don't have to go out there and take a bunch of chances. Um, you know, these aren't teams that are going to go out there and put up, you know, 35, 42 points. Th- these aren't teams that are playing, you know, working to play in the 40s. All these teams want to keep games in the upper teens, low 20s. So, you know, when you're playing teams that aren't looking to go out there and be jackrabbits, it's not like you're playing in the Pac-12 where you have, you know, a bunch of teams out there that are just kind of, you know, first one to 50 wins. That's that's not these types of games. Louisville has, you know, a an explosive offense at times, and when you have that opportunity to be explosive in both the running game and the passing game, you can be more conservative and just kind of bide your time and wait for your shot. You don't have to rush it. You don't have to force it. So, you know, even if Jawar Jordan was to be limited this game or even if he wasn't able to go, I still think that Louisville would have that opportunity, um, you know, to make some big things happen and to make some special things happen. Even if Jordan's not out there, it's just you have to bide your time. It would be more about Jeff Brom going back to his nature as a big-time play caller. We talked about the fact that, you know, Jeff has more talent on this team this year than he's probably had in any year at any of his stops, whether it be at Purdue or at West Kentucky. He's never had this many playmakers. And while Jamari Thrash has been by far the best wide receiver, and even though Jawar Jordan has been the best running back, there is talent out there. Now, will this talent need a little bit more help? Will it be more about scheme and play calling rather than just having a dude you can just hand the ball to and him just be ridiculous? Maybe so. You know, maybe you can't go out there and just, you know, just give it to the guy and get out of the way. Maybe you have to scheme to get Chris Bell open on, on a nice pass pattern. Maybe you have to scheme to get Kevin Cole the ball in space, uh, Kevin Coleman the ball in space so he can do something with it. You know, maybe you have to work out some elaborate misdirection to get Maurice Turner out there on the edge so he can use that world-class speed to get to the end zone. Jeff Brown may have to do a little bit more play scheming, um, but you still have plenty of guys that can make plays on this team. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's a time to have to be rash. I don't think this is a time where we're going to have to go back to, oh, you know, Jack Plummer, we need you to win the game on your arm. I don't think you have to do any of that. I just think that less is more with this Louisville team. I think that's the beauty of this team is that Louisville has not needed, you know, Jeff Prime has always talked about, as a guy who uses a bunch of trick plays, he likes a lot of those gadget plays. He likes to do a lot of this um, inventive stuff, but that's not really necessary. They don't really need to do any of that. Like, like they haven't needed to do any of that. If they didn't use trick plays versus Notre Dame, if they didn't use a bunch of gadget plays against Notre Dame and basically just man-balled Notre Dame to death and won, they don't have to do that for anybody on the schedule. And that includes Florida State if they were happy, you know, if Louisville's lucky enough to make it to the ACC championship game. That includes Florida State. I don't think Louisville is going to need trickeration. I don't think they're going to need to do some something wild and crazy. I think that the talent's that good, you know. And, and even the guys like Jimmy Callaway, uh, you know, we talked about Kevin Coleman, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Chris Bell. You know, even if it's not Jamari Thrash, even if we talked about these other guys, these other running backs like Garendo and Turner, uh, you know, and, and Coleman. Um, uh, or excuse me, Kewan Brown. Um, 
All these guys have talent, okay? And Jeff Brown, with his scheme, with his imagination, the size of his playbook, he can put together a winning game plan against any of these teams. That's why I'm not worried. I mean, it doesn't mean that the, that Louisville can't lose a game. But as I've said before, I am confident that Louisville has the coach to get it done. So, you know, if they go out there and lose the game, it's going to be because Virginia Tech just came out there and played a hell of a game. And if that happens, you tip your hat. That being said, I don't think Virginia Tech has the horses. And, you know, if the Tech guys are riding around and listening to me right now and they want to feel some kind of way about it, hey, I'm sorry, it is what it is. If you have a problem with it, 502-384-1450, I would love to hear your side of the conversation. But, you know, I, I, I just I don't think they have the horses to keep up. So the only thing that's going to beat Louisville is Louisville. That was the situation with Pittsburgh. The only way that Pittsburgh could lose – or, excuse me, the only way Pittsburgh could beat Louisville was going to be if Louisville turned the ball over. Okay, and that was basically the situation that happened. You know, Louisville went out there. They turned the ball over three times, which put Pittsburgh in a position uh, to score as well as that horrible pick six that got taken back. Was it pass interference? Was it not pass interference? Possibly. But you know what? You don't put Jack Plummer in that situation. You hand the ball off. It was third and three or third and two. You hand the ball off. You run it with Garendo. If you get it close enough to make it fourth and one, fourth and less than one, then you run Garendo again. Or you run Maurice Turner. Uh, and you just take the points. If Louisville just takes the points in those situations, they had three turnovers in the red zone. If you at least get field goals out of those three possessions, that's nine points on the board you add to Louisville's score and you take away a pick six touchdown, okay? That's a 16-point turnaround in that game. That's the ball game, y'all. The only reason Louisville lost that game is because they got impatient they didn't play conservative enough. And I think that's why you saw Jeff Brom with a much more conservative game plan this last time around. And you know what? It paid dividends for him. Uh, you know, so I, I just think that this team is good enough to where I expect – victory and I don't think that's a bad thing I, I think that's where we are it's an exciting place to be especially in year one uh you know under Jeff Brom but hey you know it is what it is and if you don't like it hey you know what DX used to say I ain't gonna say it but <laughs> you know what they say you know what they say but I'll tell you what we are at the top of the hour we're gonna go ahead go to our next break and then we're gonna get a get, get an intern Roman on, on the mic so we can learn a little bit about this young man but this is Rashawn Myers this is Wake Up 502 and we'll be back on hour number two of the Big X Keep it locked on Kentucky Atlas only locally owned sports talk 1450 and 96.1 FM the Big X Sports Radio WXVW Jeffersonville
And welcome back, welcome back in. Hour number two, Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. It is going down on a beautiful Saturday morning here in DeVille. Uh, we are joining you live from the Palatial Studios of Big X Sports Radio, Rashawn Myers. Now we actually have our, our, our special guest uh, on here as well. We have intern Roman. Uh, Roman, can you hear me all right in there? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on? Beautiful, beautiful, man. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this game today. Man, I'm doing all right, even though I can't hear a word that's coming out. See, this is what I'm talking about. See, see, they, 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 the, the gremlins have been in here uh, dealing with the uh, <laughs> with the audio and the microphones. And I don't know. We got headphones uh, having issue. Hold on. Let me try you one more time, Roman. Let me let me get you. I, I think I figured out the issue. All right, I got you now. All right, Roman. So we've been talking a whole a whole lot about um, you know this uh, whole situation with uh louisville football how are you feeling i've heard a lot of people being nervous i'm very relaxed about the game what are you thinking about louisville right now just just kind of give me your general thoughts uh, as they get ready for Virginia tech at 3 30 yeah i've been feeling pretty comfortable as well really um i think that we have a chance to do something great you said it a couple times earlier um with with the way our the rest of our schedule looks today um we could we could potentially win 11 games um, before we before this ACC tournament, you know, and with the game today specifically Virginia Tech, I think you put the put the pinpoint on the the main point for them is is that drones their quarterback he's a yes he's 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 got some game to him for sure they don't throw the ball a whole whole lot but they they he gets their team into good positions when they are playing well from the few times I've seen them play well this year not to put it like that but yeah um he can be a problem for them when when things are clicking i don't know if things are going to i'm not i don't i don't i'm not feeling like they're going to click too well for him today I, I like how we perform at home um and i've seen how they performed on the road and i think we get a comfortable comfortable um game today if we can come out strong like you said and then yeah when you look at the rest of this schedule we, we have some potential here to do something pretty amazing um you know to be pati- potentially 10 and 1 before playing kentucky like that's that's a major that's thing. Huge. That's huge. So exciting end of the schedule here, last segment of the season for us, and I'm, I'm ready to see what we do with it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell you what, Roman, we're actually going to also we, – we have one of our uh, most favorite callers and, and uh, you know contributors to the show on the line as well, and I'm going to get him on here and bring him in. Jay Haz, good morning with you, brother. How are you doing this morning? Man, I'm good. I'm ready for the football. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. You are super excited, Jay. You ain't gonna get us thrown out of the press box today, are you? <laughs> I mean, you know, you get a little. I, I don't know if y'all know, but you know, they always uh, talk about there's no cheering in the press box, and every time Jay has is up there, you know, this man's up here clapping and yelling and fussing and 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 all the. The, the media people are just look over at him and they mean mugging me because Jay, I'm like, look here, I can't control what this man does. You know, like, well, I don't know why y'all want to mean mug with me. So, <laughs> so, so Roman, basically what I'm saying is just don't do whatever Jay has does and you'll be all right in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. 
Does he know that that, that Donovan Mitchell at Louisville played in the postseason and you know actually won games in tournaments and Kitty Payne won four games? Does he does he know that? No, he don't know. Uh, I know, I I know how you do. So so let me ask you, Jay, about the game. Are you what are you thinking for Monday night? That they they lost um, the exhibition game to Kentucky Wesleyan. Um, do you have any hope that it's going to get a, you know be a better turnaround when they come out their money against UMBC? No, no, you ain't too too excited about that. <laughs> Dang, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's definitely not ideal. You know, the Kenny, everybody was excited about Kenny, but they've been a little quiet. You know, all the KP people have been a little quiet after that loss on Monday. I hope they get it turned around, but man, I ain't too hopeful right now. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> Look, hey, all I'm going to say is this. I, I have said it and I have continued to say it. I'm going to give Kenny Payne the, the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to allow him to go out there and play the season because, like I said, I don't need to rush anything. I don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to be the coach or whether he should be fired or what, you know. Uh, he, it's, things are going to take care of itself. Um, if, if they're good enough to get it done and they're good enough, you know, if he's good enough to keep the job, he will. And if he doesn't do the job, um, that he's been hired to do, then they'll move on. Um, you know, first year they allowed it, you know, to, to say it wasn't about the players, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody knows Donovan Mitchell, you know, he was a, he was a, a, at a, what was it? Elite 24, all-star he was a mcdonald's all-american i mean i don't know who anybody who who says that that he wasn't i mean that that's crazy i mean he literally went to the mcdonald's game the man has his own shoe like what's his issue with donovan mitchell this man's uh faces on on posters and everything else I, i'm i'm just not understanding the correlation i don't get it like what what, what did donovan mitchell do to him? But depending on the on the recruiting service, that there was a couple of services that had him listed as a five star. I mean, being a McDonald's All American, you're one of the best 24 players in the country coming out. Um, you know, so I, so I mean, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a Louisville legend for sure.
Well, I mean, you know, look, I, I look at it like this. Now, the whole thing with the Kenny Payne and the and he was a good recruiter. I mean, everybody, you know, Kentucky is a recruiting machine. I mean, we, we've seen it. We saw it before. John Calipari was the coach. You know, K- Kentucky has always known to get excellent players. You know, once Calipari got there, it got moved up another notch, of course, because Calipari loves the one-and-done system. He loves to go out there and get those types of players. And then when Kenny got there, Kenny helped get some of those guys, at, at, you know, as well. But the thing I always said was, you know, we would find out if, you know, everybody wanted to give Kenny credit for, like, getting all these players. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, Kentucky is Kentucky. You're going to get players. John Calipari, you know, was getting those types of players in Memphis before Kenny Payne had anything to do with anything. So I think that that got a bit overblown with Kenny's recruiting ability just because of the simple fact that, yeah, well, I think that, you know, he definitely helps and he's definitely a relationship guy. You know, you're to, to expect for Louisville to recruit the way Kentucky recruits just because Kenny Payne's here was always kind of ridiculous. You know, does that make sense? But but I, I'm gonna tell you one thing though. The one thing I don't want to hear Kenny Payne say is that that we're never gonna out talent anybody when you lose to Kentucky Wesleyan. Like I don't want to hear about uh, you know we don't have enough talent to out talent Kentucky Wesleyan and, and you're Louisville and you have you know. <laughs> it's like what what do you mean? And it's Kentucky Wesleyan. You absolutely have way more talent than Kentucky Wesleyan. You should be able to roll the ball out there and beat that team with your eyes closed. Period. <laughs> hey man, I'm giving Hey, hey, I'm not going I'm not going I'm not going there yet. Like I said, I'm going to let the season play out and and I'm going to let Kenny take the opportunity to try to show us that he can do better. And do better does not mean mean go from four wins to eight wins. Do better means, you know, you're 18, 19 wins and threatening for a, a tournament bid. If you aren't there, that's the Louisville base minimum standard. If you can't meet the base minimum standard to be the Louisville coach, then I just don't think this is the place for you. But I'm going to let it play out. I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to say he needs to go now. I'm not trying to look for ways to – you know, get him and breach a contract. You know, people talking about that with the whole Karan Davis thing. I'm not looking for any of that. I just want the man to go out there and prove if he can coach or not. And if he can't, uh, then it's probably time to move on. There we go. Hey, well, fellas, I appreciate the call this morning. See, I love a nice little spirited basketball conversation. Y'all got anything else for you to get you out of here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got. Hey, it's it's gonna be game time. It's gonna be going down, man. I I'll yell at you later, Jay. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. There we go. See, see that, that those are just some some of the the crazy people that you have to deal with in this business, Roman. So, you know, it's it's always uh, dealing with a bunch of personalities. Jay has uh, he's he's one of my favorite. That's one of the legends of Louisville radio, right there. So, you know, I guess he can get away with cheering in the press box, even though everybody else will get thrown out when you act like that. <laughs> But all right, Roman. So, uh, so you know, we were chatting about it. You know, you, you seem to feel, uh, you know, very much the same way that I do about the the, the football team. Uh, you know, uh, as far as Louisville taking care of business, that, that that makes me happy because you know, I I didn't know if I was too relaxed or too confident going into the game. Seems like everybody's just so. 
apprehensive about losing and about, you know, oh, we have this chance and we can't screw it up. But, I mean, I, I like to me when you're worried about stuff like that, it just takes away from the fact that this is a fun season. This is a whole lot better than what we've been dealing with. Like Scott Satterfield, it just always felt like we knew Sat, you know, there was going to be at least four, five, six games that Sat was going to find a way to screw up. So, I mean, this is a much better alternative, don't you think? Yeah, most definitely. I think you know, a lot of people watching Satterfield, you you were never comfortable with the game until it was over. You know, you never even knew what was going to happen because of how many times we were in winnable positions and still lost. But I think people tend to forget that we've, you know, we've the season we've had already, the the ways we've played this year, we we just shut out a top twenty team. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You have to have some confidence in in what we can do, even though the track record on you know it's not the biggest sample size yet with um, Brom and stuff like that. But we've 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 done well so far. So I think that this is just a sign that we can keep going, and uh, I'm comfortable. I like what we can do. I like how our offense has been playing. I think if we keep running the ball, how we can run the ball, um, that opens up the passing game for Jack, and we should be able to play well. I totally agree with you. I mean, that that's the biggest thing is I think as long as you manage Jack and, and keep him in the, you know, the situation where you're using him as a game manager, not a guy that you're trying to put, you know, put it on his shoulders to win the game, I think he's good. I think he's good in that role. I, I think that that's where he um, thrives, uh, you know, is when you're using him to as a, an accessory and not as the, the primary weapon, you yeah, know. Yeah, he's a great game manager. He's not going to go out and give you, you know, crazy play after crazy play after crazy play. You can't ask him to do that. Yeah. And if he has to try to do that, he's, he's bound to make a mistake. We've already seen that. So. Um, yeah, just, you know, let Joar do his thing, keep keep the short passes going, and uh, go out there and score some touchdowns early. Absolutely. And, you know, the only thing that I will say is that while I definitely appreciate the fact that Louisville doesn't have to go out there and do a bunch of razzle-dazzle and do a bunch of crazy stuff to win games, I do miss some of the Jeff Brom trick plays. Like, I, that's one of the things I used to always enjoy about watching him at Western and watching him at Purdue is that, you know, you would always see him go out there and just do just some crazy stuff. And you know what's funny about that is I've got a couple buddies on the team right now and a couple, like, uh, athletic trainers and, yes. you know, people at the practices every day and stuff, and they're telling me he's – He's practicing the fake punt nearly weekly, and like he's, they've got those plays, and they're practicing them in a practice. <laughs> yeah, so right. I guess he just hasn't had the right moment, the right lead that he's liked, or you know, a right situation. But I want to see it too. I, he has some, he has some exciting. He's a, he's an exciting football mind. So yeah, um, I, I'd like to see that, and I think we will. Well, and, and it's always interesting because you know we asked him earlier in the season. Um, you know, one of the questions that was asked is, you know, do you watch any of these other games around the country to see what teams are doing, um, to see how you can incorporate it? And one of the things that I've been interested to watch him that he really hasn't incorporated, he did it once last game, was the tush push. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that that's kind of the big, you know, the, the, the new big uh, – thing now is is the tush push what of course the the brotherly shove whatever you want to call it yeah. uh you know that the eagles are incorporating for these short yardage situations and you're starting to see some teams pick it up but i haven't seen louisville do much of that but i mean that seems like such a um uh, a uh, unstoppable play for the most part yeah you know that you're gonna get it it seems like every team that uses that is gonna get at least a yard and a half on any short yardage situation because 
you know, the of the whole, you know, they don't call anything for pushing the quarterback in the back. Like I, I was I've been surprised to see Louisville hasn't done more of that. But it's funny, every week I just watch games and I see just some interesting little play wrinkles, both with college games and NFL games. And I'm like, I wonder if Coach yeah, saw that play. Direct snaps to non-QBs or running backs even. You know, they'll have a, your biggest wide receiver come out there and take a direct snap or, yeah. you know, put players in motion more and, and then, you know, just do a little bit more, not even necessarily trickery, but, I mean, right. yeah, I guess trickery, but pitch it out to the side and let one of these guys try to get a, you know, small first down or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you just know. haven't seen any of that much of that stuff. I mean, outside of, you know, using Evan Conley as, like, the, the wild card. Yeah. Like, that's been about as wild and crazy if we, yeah, that's as it. we've gotten. We've already seen that a few times, actually. Yeah, <laughs> the more times than I would have liked. <laughs> I, I love Evan Conley, but, yeah, I, I just uh, – <laughs> I just don't know about that. But now one thing I will say um, is that now that we're down to these last four games of the regular season, I do think that there's going to be an opportunity. Um, TJ Capers um, was a young man that um, who came in, of course, he was a five-star at, at one point um, before he committed to Louisville, of course. He was considered the number one outside linebacker in the class of 2024. Of course, he did end up reclassifying to 2023 and has been rehabbing an injury since he got there. Well, TJ Capers was in uh, uniform uh, this past week. He was on the sidelines. I saw a big, giant dude with a number 18 on his back, and I was like, who is that dude? Like, <laughs> I hadn't really seen that number. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, I see this big 18 pop up out there, and it come to find out it was TJ Capers, and it just kind of reminded me that, you know, now that you're into these last three or four games, uh, especially with the, it, it, you know, with the injury issues uh, being what they are, you could very well start to see some of these guys start to get some looks. Guys like Madden Sank and Luke Burgess and even TJ Capers because every freshman can play up to four games without losing their red shirt. TJ Capers hasn't been in a game this year. So feasibly, if Louisville wanted to, he could play these last four games without issue. I almost want to say they did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things, especially with the with the freshman class, is that, you know, you want to save those games. Most all of the, the freshmen outside of, uh, you know, a few guys that have been playing all year, most of these kids still have – you know, three to four games that they are available to use. And especially as you get down to the end of the season when injuries start to mount, you would think that that's an opportunity uh, for these guys to maybe get some snaps. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it would be today or, or, or starting next week. I definitely think you're going to start to see some of these freshmen play since you can play them without worry of uh, losing that red shirt. Yeah, so. I think we definitely, if we get an early lead next week, I think it's almost a guarantee some of these guys get some snaps towards the end of the game. And I'd like to see it, too, you yes. know, because there was a lot of hype before the season around some of these kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About what they potentially were going to be able to do. So, um, I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, guys like Jaleel McClain at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, we saw Keywan Brown against uh, Murray State. That kid looked outstanding. He looked like a legit real deal running back. Uh, a guy, of course, granted it was Murray State, but he looked explosive. He was big. He was strong and fast. Um, you know, I would love to see some of those guys. Madden Sanker, of course, was a guy who came in with a lot of hype. Um, you'd love to see him, especially with, you know, Renato Brown going down at, at, at left guard. You know, the Sanker is projected to be a guard, um, you know, for Louisville. So, you know, you yeah. would like to see him maybe get some snaps. Luke Burgess, um, you know, was another big-time recruit that got a lot of, um, you know, 
big praise. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to see him as well. So it'll be interesting to see how um, UofL utilizes these last, uh, you know, three or four games of the year to maybe get some of those guys in. But let me tell you something. That, that Big 18, I didn't know who it was sitting up in the press box, but it was a big dude. I was just like, <laughs> I, I don't feel like <laughs> I've seen that number before. I just don't know who that is because, I mean, TJ is an absolute monster. Yeah, he- he hasn't played one 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 snap, I don't think. No, no. Well, he's been hurt. Uh, you know, I was talking to Mike Rutherford about it when I was uh, uh, hosting with him last Friday, and he said, you know, TJ, I, I don't know if it was a knee or or what. I believe it. He was rehabbing a knee injury. Both uh, TJ Capers and Aaron Williams, um, who was one yeah. of Louisville's other highest rated draft picks. He was a four star cornerback, the number one cornerback in the state of California. Um, he had been dealing with, uh, I guess he had played the whole last year, his senior season he had played with a torn ACL, partially torn ACL. Wow. So he got the ACL surgery done um, after the season. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, went, went ahead and got that cleaned up. But he's been uh, dealing with that that ACL surgery since uh, right after the season got done. So, you know, those were guys that you didn't know if they were going to have the opportunity to see those guys. But, I mean, talent like that, um, you know, if any of those guys are healthy, um, I would love to see it. With TJ being in uniform, I don't know if that necessarily means that he'll play or if they'll just take him cautiously um, you know, to let him get fully healthy for next year. But I'd love to see him, uh, whether it be in a bowl game, uh, whether it be one of these games down the end of stretch. If he's healthy enough to go, hey, I say put him out there yeah. uh, and let him get his feet wet. Especially Just, if we have a lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that especially next week versus uh, Virginia, um, I think they would have the opportunity to do that, especially coming up on a short week too. Mm-hmm. That game is on a Thursday. It's not on a Saturday. So, you know, there's going to be a very quick turnaround from today's game to getting ready for Virginia on Thursday night. So with guys potentially banged up, if you have some of these young freshmen that can get in there and at least spell some of the starters for a, you know, a play or two, a snap yeah. here or there, it's great for their experience. And I think it's good for Louisville. You know, I mean, hey, they got the talent. Might as well use it, right? Definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, th- those are some of the things that, that I continue to look at. I'm big into the participation reports, and I'm big into seeing what some of these guys can do because, you know, you hear about the guys that, that look good in practice and some of the guys that, that – uh, made some of the big plays, um, but you don't necessarily get to see them once the season starts. You just really don't get that opportunity um, to to see a lot of those players once you know everything starts counting. Just because you have to, you know, Jeff Brown believes in playing his best players as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, which I can't blame him for that. Um, but you know, you definitely want to see some of these guys start to step up. You know, one of the guys that I've really wanted to see um, have the opportunity to play well, especially with. With um, Jamari Thrash may, possibly being a little bit, um, you know, being a little bit dinged up, um, you know, is Jaden Thompson. Uh, he was a, f- a former four-star wide receiver. Uh, he wears number two. He came over from Cincinnati. He transferred in. Um, Jaden Thompson started the um, fall camp. Uh, apparently on fire. He was playing very, very well the first couple of weeks of fall camp. Then he had like a um, a little issue with, I believe it was either Achilles or ankle, a high ankle sprain, something. But he kind of got slowed. He did not play his first game until Louisville went down to Indianapolis in week three. And he's played sparingly here and there, but we've not really seen him get an opportunity to kind of step into that role and do some of the things he did early on in uh, fall camp. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if uh, Jamari Thrash is slowed or if he really can't go today i would love to see Jaden thompson get out there and be able to make something happen you know like I, yeah, he's I, had a catch in the last couple games you've seen him he does 
you know, yes. at least one moment where he does something, he shows you that he's he's got some ability. For yeah, sure. he's got some hands. He, I mean, he's he's looked d- decent. It just seems like he really hasn't had that much opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you know, guys like him, guys like Jimmy Callaway, um, you know, Mari Huggins, Bruce had that one game where he was really really good. I believe it was in the Boston College game. Uh, he was excellent. You know, then we really just didn't see much of anything else. And, you know, Chris Bell was kind of the same way. Chris Bell had some, you know, a couple of huge catches, and we've seen him do things in spots. But, you know, none of these guys, you know, it's basically been the Jamari Thrasher. I mean, the Jamari Thrasher has 46 receptions, um, by far the most on the team. The second most catches on the team, Kevin Coleman was 17. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a huge drop. I would have guessed Bell. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, Chris and Chris Bell only has twelve catches this year. That's yeah, and I knew it was a large jump. Yeah, I'm, tw- I'm like about twelve. Callaway. Uh, uh, Callaway thirteen re- uh, receptions, wow. only thirteen. So I mean, no, it's crazy. Like you know, yeah, Chris Bell with twelve. Amari Huggins Bruce has fourteen. Uh, Jimmy Callaway has thirteen. Um, and then you have the two running backs, Jordan with ten and Garendo with twelve. So I mean, it's it's been very much heavy leaning on both Jamari Thrash in the receiving game and uh, you know Jawar Jordan in the run game. I mean, Jordan has one hundred and ten carries. Uh, Isaac Garendo is second on the team with. 60 carries then you go all the way down to Maurice Turner with uh, 39 yeah. uh, so I mean it's definitely been a very very heavy doses of Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan and you know those two guys are the two guys that of course are up at the top of the injury report that people are talking about so you know we all talked about the depth that Louisville had in the running back room, the depth they had in the wide receiver room. I think it's time uh, for them to really start to go ahead and use some of those yeah, guys. Let's go see them. Let's see them play. You know, let's let's go ahead and get some of those guys out there and have them really start to, um, you know, make uh, make some plays. Uh, you know, make some plays. Let's get some of that. Let's see some of that talent out there. I feel like they have the talent. We just gonna, you know, we just gotta use it a little bit. But I tell yeah, you no, what, I think we, we definitely do. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our next break. Uh, when, when we come back, uh, we're going to have Leanne Herring join us for her pick segment. Uh, we're going to get picks from Roman, see his thoughts on the college football slate for today. Uh, we're going to get Leanne's thoughts. Maybe she has some recruiting nuggets for us as well. Of course, she does a lot with the recruiting. So we're going to do that and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, and we'll be back on the Big X. I feel we ready, 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 ready. Well, come on, we come on, ready, ready. 
Hey, if that don't get you ready for some football, I don't know what does. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. It is going down. Intern Roman in the studio. Uh, Roman, does that get you ready for football? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm going to be down there today before the game, tailgating stuff, working and stuff. It's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm telling you, like, I'm getting hyped. I'm getting ready. The Cardinals have a chance to, I think, in my personal opinion, I feel like with the games left on the schedule for some of the other teams like North Carolina uh, and Miami and others, I really feel like this is the game that will guarantee Louisville that spot in the ACC championship game. They found a way to get this win today. Um, I think they're going to get there. Um, and, that, you know, that, that goes with the, the fact of saying that I definitely think they're going to get that win next week versus UVA. Um, you know, so I, I do. I, I think that they find a way to get this one done, and I think all the Cardinal fans are going to be very excited, and Louisville will have the opportunity to play in their first ever ACC championship game. In Jeff Brown's first year, that's crazy. That's crazy for sure. I think it builds a lot of confidence if we can get to the, today's game for the next two, especially the Miami game. We'll – that, that's a big game, you know. Um, we're on the road too, I think. So, yes. I if we're setting ourselves up for a for a for a pretty good um, end of the season if we can get a good win today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the whole thing. Is it's the building blocks, man. You know, it's just all about just building upon each other. I know that's the one thing in talking to the coaches. They say it every time. You know, oh we. You know, one game at a time, and they, you know, they continue to talk about that. It's a one-game season, and you know, we're not looking ahead, and we're doing all that stuff. Um, and you know, I, 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 I understand it. I believe it definitely. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that just uh, everybody wants to start to look ahead, especially at this point. But I tell you what, time it is. We're gonna go ahead and bring this lovely lady on. Y'all know what time it is. Let me get her walk-up music together. Let's get her on here. Leanne Herring, Leanne, how are you doing this morning? I hope this is you anyway. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But Leanne, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> good morning, good morning. Always good to be back on the air like I'm so Absolutely. I, you know, it was funny, Leanne. I, I was I was in the middle of, of uh, running my mouth, and I saw the, the, the phone lines go off, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is Leanne. So I'm going to just go ahead and just give her the, the, the walk up, completely sight unseen, and even checking to make sure it was you. <laughs> so I'm so glad it was you on the line. Yes, absolutely. You always get to the front of the line. What do you mean? I will hang up on somebody to get you on the line, girly. So <laughs> always. But, but, but so, Leanne, first of all, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of any of the games or any of the picks today, um, I know that, you know, University of Louisville has, has a lot going on. This is another big opportunity for some recruiting uh, going on this week. I know you love to, to talk about all things recruiting. Do you 
you have any updates or any scoops for us as Louisville gets ready uh, to possibly uh, get one uh, game closer to this ACC championship game with this uh, matchup with Virginia Tech? You know, I haven't had a chance to look over the list um, for Louisville for this week. Um, I'm going to get something next to us later. Okay. Uh, but you know what? I think I think we said it right on here right now. I think everybody's got a chance on Louisville. I, 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 a lot of the teams that we're seeing right now emerge, especially in the ACC with the things going. You know, Louisville is one of those teams that's just bringing, and like I said, we have to play against Virginia Tech, but it's still a big opportunity. And I think that that's key. Right now, we're going on November, yes. you know, and right now, I mean, and JoJo Stone is a guy that, you know, Louisville just narrowly missed out on initially, um, you know, when he committed to uh, LSU. Uh, Of course, he ended up uh, decommitting uh, from LSU a couple weeks back, and uh, he's definitely one of the guys that people are going to keep an eye on. He's going to be coming in for another visit. Um, I think he's gotten a couple of crystal ball selections uh, for the University of Louisville. And, and all the kids talked about it at the Duke game last week, how you know just watching what Jeff Brom's doing and seeing how he's putting these guys in position to succeed in a very fun offense to where it doesn't matter whether you're a defensive player, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a running back or a wide receiver or a quarterback. Everybody says, watch Watching how this Louisville team play, uh, it's fun. And then when you can be on, on, you know, a part of something on an up-and-coming kind of new hot team, uh, that's very exciting for them. So definitely I think that these young people um, are excited about what Jeff Brom's doing uh, and, and cannot wait to hear the feedback. Plus we have the early signing period is going to be coming up pretty soon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's right there in December. You know, traditionally we waited, you know, waited until, you know, you, you know, after, after winter season, after yeah. season. But most of the kids that are going to come in are, are going to be in the early December signing period. Yeah. You know, and, and it's rightfully so because they want to know where they're going to go. A lot of these kids are going to see, they want to graduate early, but they've already finished their season. They, they want to solidify, they're going to graduate in December. They want to get on campus. That way they have that whole spring semester, you know, to adjust to their new team, hopefully, so that they can get some playing time and summer time. So every signing period really has to come to both of them. Most of these class five programs, including Google, are going to get the time. Not to say that the transfer portal is going to come to 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, had a texter text into the, the, the text line as well. Had a question because we're about to get into this Louisville game for you, Leanne, uh, so to get your picks. But the texter said, could you give a rundown of the injured players for UofL? He says, I keep missing it when people are talking about uh, the, the injured reserve list. Um, you know, I, I think that, that right now that the main guys, Jawar Jordan, um, Jamari Thrash are both dealing with some injuries. They've played. They've they've been, they've already been hurt and they've been playing through it. Same thing with Brian Hudson at center. Um, so all those guys are guys that are uh, talked about being dinged up. So I don't know if there's necessarily many new guys on the report. The question is going to be: Are these guys able to give it a go? But of course, like I said, we saw Jawar Jordan be injured and go for 160 yards last week. So that's kind of the, the injury rundown. Just FYI. Uh, but let's go ahead and hop to it, Leanne. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into these games. I want to get the, the, the two locals out of the way first just to make sure everybody gets your input on those. Of course, first game is going to be the best, the birds, the Cardinals at home. Uh, LNN Cardinal Stadium taking on Virginia Tech, resurgent Virginia Tech, now 3-1 and one in the conference. Both teams sitting in sole position of second place. Um, you know, Louisville is a 9.5-point favorite coming into this game with an over-under of 48.5. Uh, over uh, 40, uh, uh, what are you thinking in this one? You know, this, this, this is going to be a lot of lines as we get into week 10. You know, for, for me, uh, I'm glad to see Louisville finally got some love in the AP, you know, in the AP poll. to number 15, especially with the season they had in the ACC. Yes. Uh, you know, the Hokies proved last week with a, with a win over Syracuse, 38-10. You know, doing all the covers. The Cardinals shut out. There's no problem in week nine. But, you know, they really just demonstrated that, that they've got, even with, with injured players, you know, players, that they have a package, they have a complete package. I think this is going to be an interesting game, like you said, they're both playing for two, but, you know, number two, number two in ACC for a lot can happen. It's not just a game on staff, but a game on, you know, a down the stretch from the post But, you know, nine and a half, nine and a half is a big number, but I like the rules of the board. I'm going to say it in and out. You know, I think this is going to be a, a, a low-scoring game. I think, I don't know if it's going to try to hit that 48 points or 40 and a half, because both these teams have really strong defenses here, even though Virginia Tech hasn't been playing. It. I like it. Uh, Roman, what do you think about this one? Louisville uh, is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, so, uh, you know, what What do you think? Do you think Louisville covers that number? Uh, what? Who do you like in the game today? In this game today, I really I really think it's going to be a lot similar to, to the, how the Duke game went. I think mm-hmm. we come out strong. I think we get that first stop, like you were saying. I think we get the first score. Um, I, I don't see Virginia Tech putting a lot of points up on the board today. Um, I think we do cover that. I think it'll be right around eight, nine potentially. Okay. But I, at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 25, 25, 10, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I think yeah. they don't score twice. Um, and we score three times. So I like it. I like it. There we go. And, and I'm right with you guys. I definitely am taking Louisville. I'm laying those nine and a half points. Um, you know, that, that 23 to nothing beat down of Duke. Last week just really showed me something. This yeah. Louisville team is focused. That they're ready. 
um, to make that next step. Um, so, no, I, I totally agree with you. Give me the Cardinals. I'm laying the nine and a half. If, uh, for a score prediction, I'm going to guess Louisville t- uh, 35-10. I'm, I'm going 35-10. 35-10? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that they're going to open it up a little bit more. I just don't think that Virginia Tech's defense is as is, is good as um, Duke's is. You know, Duke is very solid. I think Virginia Tech is good. Uh, they have a decent pass rush, uh, but I just I don't think they're going to be able to keep the Cardinals out of the end zone. The Cardinals uh, settled for, what, three field goals in the second half. I think at least two of those field goals turn into touchdowns uh, in this week's game. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead, get, give me Louisville, and I'm laying that nine and a half. Uh, for, for UK – uh, Leanne, this is a game. This is a pretty much a must win. If Kentucky doesn't get this win on the road at Mississippi State, they're going to be in big time opportunity that they they have to come into Louisville at the end of the season needing to beat the Cardinals to get bowl eligible. Um, I think that's just about where they're sitting right now. Um, you know, what, what are you thinking in this one? Uh, the, the Cats are a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Starksville versus the Bulldogs. Uh, what, what are you thinking in this one? You know, the, the, the disappointing thing about Kentucky is they got the talent, they got the means, they had, you know, they made strong runs, but they, but they weren't in the most position to, you know, count SEC West Catacar almost was a couple of years ago. They just haven't found a way to play. And I think that that's the biggest troubling thing that kept Kentucky in the way of the position is. Five and a half points, I rarely take Mississippi State, I rarely go against Kentucky. This is a must win. I think it's going to be close, but I like Mississippi State in, in Las Vegas. I like it. I like it. What, what, what are you thinking in this? Do you think Wildcats get the, the Wildcats get out the snide? Do they cover that five and a half points, uh, Roman? I I do not think they cover that. Is this will be interesting? But I think they win, and somehow they don't cover that. Still, I think it'll be a close yeah. game. Yeah, it'll be a maybe a field goal at the you end. know a, a, a grinded out type of game. Um, yeah. you look at the last couple of games that Mississippi State's had. They've you know defense their defense. It can it can have its moments, you know. So. Yes. Um, I, I think Kentucky pulls it out at the end. I think they have a they have a, a tough tough road win. I like it. I like it. There we go. You know what? I'm taking the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'm saying Kentucky does not get it done. I think State gets the outright win, and Kentucky's crying. They're sitting at five and four, looking at Alabama coming into uh, uh, the, the the Kroger uh, the Kroger Field next week. Uh, they're gonna get beat down by Alabama, and they're gonna be depressed and lose to South Carolina before coming into Louisville, needing to get that win to get bowl eligible. So give me the Bulldogs. I think they're gonna get it done, and. Uh, I'm gonna laugh the whole way. <laughs> I might be petty and I may be looking over at y'all, but I just I, I am enjoying watching this Kentucky season. I know that makes me a terrible Louisville fan, but I just can't help it. <laughs> so 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 give me the Bulldogs on that one. Let's get to a very interesting game, uh, Leanne. I have for you on the national slate. Still in the ACC, we have Notre Dame on the road taking on Clemson. Notre Dame is a four point favorite on the road in Death Valley. It seems like Clemson just can't get it together. Is there any worry for for the Irish, or do you think this is going to be an easy win uh, for for them uh, over Clemson? 
What are you thinking in this one? Notre Dame minus four, uh, Roman. Um, I'm not sure, really. This one was a weird one for me because yeah. I, I can't really get a grasp on how good Clemson really is this year. Yeah, They've had 17 points in all of their games except the first one, at least. <laughs> so they, they, they're they scoring. You know, they they put um, 24 points up on Florida State. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, I think they I think Notre Dame pulls this one out. That line is, is a little bit weird to me. I'm yeah. not sure. Four, I think Notre Dame has no reason not to cover that. But then yeah. again, Clemson... I don't see Clemson not scoring at least 17 points today either. So that'll be an interesting game. I think Notre Dame pulls it out on the road. I like it. I like it. You know what? I think Notre Dame actually gets this one done pretty easy. Clemson just – they just need to just start over again. I mean, Dabo has just put his foot in his mouth about 85 times this season. Um, I just don't think they're going to get it together. I I think that Irish defense is going to be very physical. Uh, Kate Klubnick has not gotten it together. Um, I I think Sam Hartman has a pretty easy game. I love the quarterback uh, showdown uh, for the Notre Dame side. So give me the Irish in that one. And one more I want to get before I get to your your quick picks there, Leanne, um, is the Alabama-LSU. Um, I was going to talk about the, uh, the the Missouri game, but I'm actually more interested uh, in in this Alabama LSU matchup. The Tigers on the road, uh, you know, in in uh, Tuscaloosa taking on Alabama. Can the Tide keep it going after a shaky start? It seems like they've gotten it together. LSU needs this win if they're going to try to stay in this playoff hunt. Uh, what do you think happens in this one? The Tide are a three point favorite in this one. You know, this is going to be a close one. What are you thinking about this one there, uh, Roman? Uh, Alabama uh, get laying the three. Uh, 
um, I, I like Alabama today. I like them to cover that. I like them to cover even a little bit more than that, like around six even today. Okay. But, I, but I do well, – one thing I will say is I do think Jaden Daniels does have a big game today, and there is a potential for a close game and a potential, you know, shootout, like one of them high-scoring shootouts because LSU offense is no joke. They can, they can put points up on the board. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I'm right there with you. I, I think that it's definitely going to be close. Uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's having an uh, exceptional year. Uh, but, you know, those Bayou Bengals, I just – I feel like Alabama's just got it rolling. And once they get it rolling, man, it's just really tough to get them off of that. So give me uh, give me Bama. I'm laying the three, and we're going to roll with that. Uh, before we get you out of here, got about, about a minute left. You got any quick picks for us when we get you out of here, Leanne? You know, real quick, we got to check on that. Georgia Bulldogs are no longer number one. That was so high. They can Georgia Bulldogs put a number two. They're at home taking the Missouri Tigers. Never did we think the Missouri Tigers would look alone. Yeah. Like they can't pace in the LKC. It's a big, huge game down in Athens. Probably one of the bigger clubs of the week. I'm, you know, I think Georgia's going to get it done. But the Tigers have gone to way, you know, last season with Giants and Bulldogs. Yeah. Like I said, Missouri has found a weird way to get here and make it and give it a run and they want to take forward. So I'm going to take Missouri for their 15 points. I think that they're going to get forward for a lot more run than people expect. So I like, I like Missouri to cover in Georgia for those 15 points. Also, I got Ohio State at Rutgers, another big line. I'm going to take Rutgers for 18 and a half. Uh, I think Ohio State ultimately gets it done. They got to be one of their number one, but I think Rutgers always has an interesting way to cover. So I think they're going to, I think the Buckeyes are going to get a Grammy um, in New Jersey. There we go. Well, definitely appreciate it, Leanne Herring, therebelwalk.com. Make sure you guys check out everything that Leanne's doing. Let's look forward to a great week of football, Leanne. There we go. Appreciate it. Thanks so much there, Leanne Herring. Always joining us. Definitely appreciate her. Uh, and also definitely appreciate uh, Roman sitting in. Roman, so how's it been today, man? Have you enjoyed yourself? I have. I have enjoyed it. You know, this is the life, uh, the, the industry I'm pursuing, and I think I'm getting here now, and I'm, I'm uh, ready to see what's in store. Definitely, definitely. So we definitely look forward to being able to work with you. Uh, you know, the love showing you the ropes. Got plenty more to do. We're going to get you on this board. We got a good, I, nice I, basketball season ahead of us, Yeah, too. oh, man, we got plenty coming with basketball, so we're going to see what happens with that. But you know what? Today is all about that round, uh, around that pigskin, round ball can wait. Uh, Louisville, Virginia Tech, 330 ACC Network. Thank you so much, Raymond, uh, uh, Roman, for being a part of the show. Uh, Haven Harrington, shout out to you wherever you are. Joe Kelly as well. We will see you guys out there. Go Cards, go, go Cards. And we out. Kentucky Atlas, only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM. The Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville.